Life Audio. I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, There is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the Spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Parker Smith with me as we have a conversation around Luke 1, verses 46 through 53, and the work he is doing. But before we get started in our conversation, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Parker is a Dallas-based entrepreneur, author, and work-from-home dad of two under two, which means you are tired and busy, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And he is the founder of Beginner's Apprenticeship, which is a project aiming to make daily prayer rhythms of the Christian faith accessible for families with young children through story and song. And it has started with his first book, The King is Coming which is a board book and music pairing for the Advent season, which we're going to talk a little bit about in a few minutes. Well, thanks for making space to be with me today, Parker. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jody. Thanks for having me. Well, we meditated on this beautiful passage of scripture, which is often called Mary's Song, or sometimes it's called the Magnificat, which is because when it was translated, when scripture was translated into Latin, The word magnificat is magnify or praise, and that's what Mary starts with. My soul praises, magnifies the Lord. And so that's where that word comes from. It is Mary's song of praise to God. So I want to read it to us, um, and then let's chat about it. So this is Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 53. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, 
but has sent the rich away empty. So Parker, let's just dive in and talk about when you started the process of just reading through this passage and meditating on it, what are, what's the first thing that jumped out at you about this? Yeah, there are several things. Um, the first being um, some of the context around where this song lands in scripture. Um, I had initially, or, or at least uh, when I when I think of this song, my mind tends to pair it with um, when the angel tells Mary that she is to have a child. My mind tends to associate those two moments right there, but there's actually a gap where this song comes in response to Elizabeth's blessing uh, for Mary that says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child that you bear. So in that context, encouraged uh, that, you know, Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit almost prompts this amazing song. So as I'm processing through it, like you said, the, the Magnificat, it's like this glorious, like, thing and it's stood the test of time and it's you know it's this prominent piece of scripture really comes from a place of total humility and so um seeing the balance between um humility and pride reverence and the rulers on their thrones it prompted me to consider where i fall among those that are called blessed, like Hmm. Mary said of herself. That's so good. I love that you highlighted that there was space between what the angel told her was going to happen. And when she actually lets the song burst forth and, you know, I don't know how long it was, but she traveled, she finds out Elizabeth's pregnant. She travels to go see her. So there's some space days, maybe just days or, you know, maybe longer, but it's so interesting to think that, yeah, like this is her response to Elizabeth calling her blessed. And then this this just pours out of her. I mean, perhaps she even crafted it on the way over there. We don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> but this is it, it's something that was welling up within her either way. Oh, yeah. And so I love that you pointed that out. And I think it is interesting to think through, you know, who are we? Because there's a lot of, you know, she talks about herself. And that's, I was going to say, that was the thing, even as I was processing and praying through this scripture to prepare for our time together, she considers herself this very humble, kind of lowly person that God has chosen to do this work through. So I think it's interesting that she kind of considers herself that. And then she pulls back and looks at the other people around her and declares what God is doing for us even today, because it's from generation to generation, like we're included in this passage, which is yeah. stunning when you think about it. Well, generation to generation uh, is is uh, fresh on my mind with uh, my son, who's now a uh, month old. Um, and the, the contrast um, between what, like you're saying, uh, Mary just pouring out praise to God and his mighty deeds and and all the things that he does while at the same time carrying God in the vulnerable as a vulnerable human, you know? Um, and, and that's such a profound contrast that yeah. as I look at my own son and 
know how very fragile he is that she would still be so welled up with praise. Um, I think there's a really special moment to unpack there. Yeah. And I think that is really interesting, especially with where you are, where you do know very acutely how needy a baby is. And so she's looking, well, she's, I mean, she's not even given birth at this point. She's just carrying this child in her womb. And so even more vulnerable (laughs) And she just knows something great is going to happen. I mean, the angel has told her, but I don't think she really understands all of it. It hasn't, she can't know the full extent of what everything is going to happen. And yet I I love, I was even thinking about how she starts. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. So she knows there is saving that is going to be happening. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how as as a, a human mother you could carry the child of Christ and and actually you know hold all of that beautiful tension and holiness and wonder at the same time. She does a beautiful job of it obviously because she's Mary and she's chosen by God and he walks with her through all of it. So she does. Yeah. Tell me when you took another step with him into the passage How did it apply more to your life? Well, I think in addition to the passage, this this rhythm for me, this Lectio rhythm, was very much welcome in um, what's, again, kind of a survival state (laughs) in terms of time and attention and resources. And so to be given um, such a beautiful passage to meditate on, that alone was that that process for me a few days in a row uh, i felt god just kind of like hand on my shoulder i know things are crazy and reminding me of my own humility <laughs> of of his his grandeur and his scope you know it's like while i may be overwhelmed he's very much not mm-hmm. and he does great things from generation to generation and kind of a reminder of of welcoming me into his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this particular passage has been meaningful for me for about uh, a year. I, I, the church tradition that I grew up in, obviously, Mary was a part of it, but I think spending more time with Mary through the Advent project that I've been a part of, and particularly this song, I'm just, I'm really thankful for it. It sounds like God gave you this comforting reminder of his presence and just even just the grace that seemed to cover that encounter with him of Parker, I see all the things that are happening in your home right now. And I am present with you and I love you. And I want to invite you to have these moments with me. And yet I also know sometimes you're going to need a nap. (laughs) And so I just, it just feels like there's just like the loving father, your, your description of him, like putting his hand on your shoulder, kind of feeling that presence of the good father in your yeah. midst. It's uh, just really beautiful. That's a good summary, but I also receive what you just said right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yes. You. It's okay to take a nap, <laughs> especially in this season. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And then Parker and I will be back to talk about the unique work Parker has created that is intended to support even the youngest of families during the Advent season. 
I I really do want to talk about your ministry and what God is calling you to, because I just think it's really special. So you are starting this project, well, it's even well along at this point, called the Beginner's Apprenticeship. And I'd love for you to talk about how this idea came about and just walk us through a little bit of that journey and tell us even what is the Beginner's Apprenticeship. That's a great question. Yeah, thanks. Um, and I love that we that this is our passage for today because this really was more or less the starting point of it all. Um, oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, Advent twenty twenty one last year. Um, I was at a inflection point with my career where I'd been with the same company for about seven years, nice biblical number, and I felt God inviting me to do something different. And I didn't know what it was. Um, at this point, my son was about one. Um, and the, um, I had beginning, I'd started to sense some of the needs, um, that I now have again with our second child. Mm -hmm. I had had uh, time with God in the morning, prayer, book of common prayer, journal and everything. Um, that'd been really rich for me for a time, but with my newborn, it was no longer compatible with like baby fingers and, and stuff and waking up early. So that paired with the Advent season, I really was longing for an opportunity to again, spend that time with God. There's, there's probably, you know, six to eight month gap of like almost nothing um, because of of just trying to figure things out. But in hindsight, looking back at that and it being towards the Advent season, I thought, well, what if I, I take the best of the Book of Common Prayer, which is the Anglican prayer book, and then applying that to some of the patterns that had formed in having a newborn, such as waking up at weird hours and reading a lot of like board books and really simple books. And so naturally, those two kind of paired in my mind. And I thought, well, what would happen if I I made a liturgy for families to read during Advent that was durable and selfishly, I, I wanted it to be substantial enough that if my child may not understand what's on the page, I would still get something out of it. Yeah, something that I would enjoy reading over and over again. So last year, working with some local printers, it was, it was a lot of fun. We uh, released The King is Coming, a daily prayer storybook for Advent, um, just small batch that went well. So we read that through the Advent season, and still there were there were some gaps. And, you know, I was it was this this liturgy for the family, but I was still trying to really capture my son's attention. Um, so we started setting it to song. We would sing the pages, and that went from going like thirty percent of the way through the book to you know one hundred percent. Yeah. So in terms of origin and and book, that's that's kind of where we land. And then there's kind of a pivot point to music there. Yeah. I love how. Uh, God took something very ordinary in your life, this rhythm that you were already living and the desire of your heart to continue into that rhythm, but wanting to do it in a way that would not, you know, have to force you to, you know, ask your son to be in a different room for a time because you're spending time with God. And that's, you know, very adult thing to do. <laughs> you're actually saying, I want you to be a part of this. And and so how can I do this in a way that meets both of our needs? I just think it's so amazing. It's just such, that's what God does. And he takes these very normal things in our lives and infuses them with his spirit and quickens, I think, that the creativity that he's already given you 
to say, ooh, I, this could be something really meaningful. And it is. It's it's just stunning. The work that you've created is really beautiful. And I recently just found out you illustrated the whole thing. I mean, Parker, I had no idea you were this talented. <laughs> so, wow. so you have to know, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. I've known Parker for a very long time. and I've known he was very talented, but um, yeah. And so I knew, I knew you had some musical skills, but like the art is beautiful. Yeah. And then I think it's interesting that of course, naturally you just started singing the book to him. I would never start singing a book to my children. <laughs> um, I did sing lullabies to them. It's not that I, but that's just not how my mind works. And so I love how God just, you know, used the way he'd already kind of put his fingerprints all over you to birth this beautiful thing. So you started singing songs yeah. to your son and tell me, tell me then the next step, how, what, what comes out of that? Yeah, well, as a as a family, so my wife Brady and I, we would we would start um, hearing those songs throughout the day, uh, where Hart would you know sing, "Prepare the way, repent," and we'd be reminded to you know Christ is coming, and you know we should keep repenting daily. <laughs> so, um, that alone, in in that experience, was so worth the entire project that we could share that time together daily where my son, though he may not have known all the words initially, knew that he was loved, um, knew that he, uh, and, and learned the name of Jesus and mercy and forgiveness and, and the like. So yeah, we were singing it and we had shared much of this, um, with our church family at all saints in Dallas. And, um, my good friend, David belt, he's a music director there. Um, we were talking about it and he's like, yeah, well, you know, just send, send him over and I'll see if we can put it to music. And I was like, that's a great idea. So um, I sat down with uh, my voice memos and like flipped through the pages, read every, or sang every page and um, sent it over to him. And that was like a Saturday morning. And then that afternoon, same day, he texted me back instrumentation for all teen songs. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah it was like it was uh you know you're talking about god's involvement and spirit-led mm -hmm. actions there that that's like sometimes you get one song with inspiration like that but the fact that you know with with that pairing we were able to really pull together the whole album um was amazing so then we invited the rest of the, the all saints uh, music team um amazing vocalists and instrumentalists and kind of ironed out um, some of the arrangement. And then we recorded, we did a, we did a Kickstarter and we invited some people into the process. Um, but yeah, and then, then we spent, what was it? Maybe six to eight months recording or the whole process mixing and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So a point of clarification, you've mentioned all saints a few times. That's your church, correct? Yes. All saints, Dallas Anglican church. Yeah. Perfect. Just in case people are wanting to, you know, stalk you on a Sunday. Not really. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> All Saints is a, an amazing church in the Dallas area. I've heard of it. The other thing I love that you just said is that your son, Hart, would would kind of repeat back to you these words of mercy and even repent. What I think is so beautiful about that is he does not understand the full meaning of those words. I mean, we don't even understand the full meaning of those words. And yet he can say them and he's learning them. He's learning these rich 
words from from scripture of God's character even in the liturgy i just think that's so beautiful we are never too young to start saying the truth of god and so i love that that is happening in your home mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting that the music came together so quickly i do think that is just evidence of god's fingerprints on it. And one of the things that we're going to do here at the end of the podcast is we're going to end with one of the songs so you can hear just how beautiful it is. Now, the songs are short. Tell me what makes it a children's album. Yeah. So these these songs, the, what felt really natural about them, um, especially for children, pairs a little bit with maybe a more sophisticated um, angle on it, which is these are modeled loosely after the Teze style of song. So there's a church community in France um, called Teze, um, and they, they've they written these really meditative songs that are a phrase or, or two or three, and they will repeat it ad infinitum. And so the idea that these would be accessible for children with a short length, easy to remember the first time through, but as you hear them over and over and over and over again, just like with you know, the Magnificat, the Song of Mary that we've mm. we've been reading through. Every time you read through it, there's kind of a new facet. And so the the songs are designed to, and I mean, the songs map one for one to the book. So the pages and songs are designed to be like antiphons, which are um, uh, hymns that are sung. Those would be like the choruses that point to broader theological truths elsewhere in mm. the song or the narrative and not an end to themselves. So um, in the ways that the book has scripture references and kind of prayer note liturgies and stuff, the book is, is meant to be complementary to the life and, pr- and to the prayers of the, the reader and the family, not supplementary. It's not meant to replace anything. And really, again, selfishly, I, I, my hope is that they would be tolerable for parents, that they could be repeated over and over and it would be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, I I love even that you brought up that Teze style. I was not aware of that, but it just it's this resurgent of the spiritual disciplines and the knowledge that it is good for us to meditate. Um I mean, God designed us to need to meditate, to set our minds right and to ruminate over and over and over again on truth. And so while while some people may not like that. I know I hear people, oh, the chorus just repeats and repeats and repeats, but there's something that is happening deep in our soul. It's like, it just goes a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper. And all of a sudden it becomes a part of us, which is what we're trying to do when we even do this process of Lectio Divina. We're we're really just trying to let this this small passage of scripture embed itself deeply into our heart. And And as I listened to the album, um, I was driving around and I was listening to it. First of all, it is lovely, but I did love that by the time, you know, the songs are very short and by the time it was done, I had, I mean, I, I could, I was singing along with it. So it, that was definitely accomplished. Yeah. And I have to say um, your, your podcast, uh, especially the, the Lectio part in seasons like this one that require resources like Beginner's Apprenticeship. The, the fact that there's guided meditative scripture prayer uh, is super meaningful to, um, that my wife and I have really enjoyed. So oh. appreciate that. Yeah. Wow. I'm grateful to hear that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, Parker, tell me what what's the deep hope that you have? I think we've probably already unpacked this, but if there's one 
you know, prayer that you have for how this book impacts families and communities, what, what would it be? There's, there's a few levels to that. And the first just comes from experience. Having lived through an Advent season with this book as a resource um, in two sort of levels of engagement, the first really young kids, newborn even, when you don't have time or enough hands to manage journals and books of common prayer, um, that it would be a, a remnant of that uh, rhythm that you've had or, or could uh, be a placeholder for, for that experience, where even in the simplicity of a child, God will still meet you in the simplicity of mm. just core truths mm-hmm. and the Lord's prayer and um, things of that nature. And so for me, coming up on this Advent with a newborn, I'm so excited for that that uh, time-bound resource there with the Advent season. Mm. The second piece that I alluded to earlier where my hope is that as kids pick these truths to internalize, um, that the families would be enriched with uh, spontaneous reminders of um, God's presence and uh, God's character and um, be enriched in that way. Mm. So um, I love that. Yeah, from a project long term, I hope to round out the rest of the liturgical season, you know, with Lent and uh, Epiphany and all those. So that's great. Well, I'm I'll look forward to seeing the rest of your work. I think it is good. And so I will be praying that uh, the Lord continues to bless it. I, I believe his fingerprints are all over it. Parker, it's just been so fun to talk to you about this project and about just where you are in your life right now. We're going to end this podcast a little differently than we normally do. And we're going to end it with Mary's song, which I would love for you to just set up for us and tell us a little bit about it. And um, and then we'll jump into it. Yes. Uh, Mary's song is one of my favorites. It uh, features my good friend, uh, Christina Jelinek, who, who I met at a, a United Adoration Songwriter Retreat a few years ago. She has a phenomenal voice. I'm I'm so glad she worked with me on this song. And yeah, the lyrics are, God of justice, you have been good to me, mm-hmm. good to us all. You are our God and Savior, just like you promised. And you'll see how it, how it matches some of the, that anatomy of the song that we talked about. But thank you again, Parker, for making space to be with us today. Thanks, Jody. Well, before we listen to the song, I want to remind you that I will place links in the show notes that will help you find Parker and the Beginner's Apprenticeship. And I also want to take a quick second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership. And if you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts that are in their network. They have shows about prayer and Bible study, parenting, and even this one on scripture meditation. And as always, thanks for joining me on So Much More, because we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. And so now, enjoy this beautiful song that I imagine you're going to want to hear again and again. God of justice, you have been good. To me, good to us all. You are our God and Savior, just like you promised. 
justice. You have been good to me, good to us all. You are our God and Savior, just like you promised. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.